You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. This morning, we are continuing a series we started last week. If you were with us, Pastor Lance uh, started the series, and uh, it's called Putting Money in Its Place. And you might be like, man, I picked the worst day to come to church. What in the world? Like money is one of those things you don't talk about. Bruno and money, we don't talk about those things. These are just two things we don't like to talk about. Hey, here's what I love about God's word. If you're not familiar with the Bible or with God's word, man, God's word is so incredibly practical. Sometimes we get this idea that like the Bible is just about the spiritual parts of our lives. Like we've got other things. We've got self-help books for the other stuff, you know, but, but the Bible is just about my spiritual life. That's all it's about. And, you know, we, we might think like, man, the Bible needs to know its role and like stick in its lane and, and, and stay out of the rest of my life. But, but when we talk about following Jesus and what the Bible talks about, uh, like following Jesus in, in the Bible isn't about a compartment in our lives that we just kind of keep isolated. Like, I can go to church and do this thing, but then I do all this other stuff. No, following Jesus is really pervasive through our whole lives. And, and that's why Jesus, throughout Scripture, talks about some incredibly practical things like relationships, how we do that right. And, and it talks about how we deal with, like, discouragement and disappointment and how, how we work through moments where things don't happen the way we want to, them to and, and, and how, how, we, how we deal with, like, those conflicts and relationships. But but one of the really practical things that we all deal with is money. And, and the Bible actually talks a lot about money. And Jesus talked a lot about money, not because it's the end-all, be-all, but because it's something that affects us. <laughs> and it doesn't just affect us in 2022. This is maybe a newsflash. Like, it's been affecting the human race since the beginning. Like, money and our possessions and what we have and our stuff have always been a draw for the human race. It's, it's kind of a, a little bit of our wiring. And uh, last weekend... Pastor Lance kicked off a series of a great message entitled The Role of Money. And if you weren't here, you missed it, I'd encourage you to check it out. If you go to youtube.calvaryrowan.com, you can watch the message. Or if you subscribe to our weekly podcast, uh, the messages, if you don't know this, are podcasted every week. And uh, you can catch up on that in your running or uh, driving in the car or whatever you like to do. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm cutting the grass. But wherever you like to listen, you can do that and catch up. It was a great message for Pastor Lance. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the priority of money. And we're going to close out this series talking about the blessing of money. Today, though, I want to talk to you about the goal of money. Like, what is the end goal of money? Now, I'm not uh, here to give you a ton of great financial advice because I'm some expert, but what I want to do is really use throughout this series, what we're doing is using this book, the Bible, Scripture, as a guide uh, of what it says that we can do and how we can uh, approach money and the wisdom that comes from it. And, and here's a simple premise for today, and, and really we're going to talk about the next few weeks. Uh, that we work hard to earn money, to save money, to spend money, right? We work really hard for that. We work hard to pay our bills. But here's the deal. Money isn't the goal. And, and here's kind of the simple idea. Money isn't the goal. It's just a tool. That's all it is. It's, it's not the goal that we try to, uh, we try to, to uh, fill our lives with. Like we want to see more of it. We, we need more of it. Like that's not the goal. Money is just a tool that God has given us. And, uh, you know, money isn't supposed to be the end goal of our lives. It's simply a tool that God gives us to help us get things done. 
And, and I, I love this quote I read recently from author Dan Millman. He said this, money is neither my God nor my devil, it is a form of energy that tends to make us more of who we already are, whether it's greedy or loving. We think money will improve my life. Money will make you really more of what you already were. What, what you had with little, you will have with much. But when we talk about money, I, I recognize it can be a sensitive topic, and, and I wanna be upfront with you this morning. This is a guilt-free zone. Like, this is a space where, where we can recognize, like, we don't get this all perfect. My hope isn't to shove information down your throat or guilt you into giving money to the church. That's not what we're here for. That's uh, not what this is about. Uh, giving money in the offering at church isn't my goal, and I don't believe it's God's end goal. Uh, rather, my desire is to approach how we use and manage our money from God's loving approach of grace and truth. Grace in the fact that we don't always get this right. Like, we mess up. I don't know about you, I mess up. We mess up sometimes. But truth in the fact that there are some principles and practices that are really important for us to exercise, that, that Scripture talks about. So as we talk about the goal of money, let's talk about this idea today of staying within the lines. How many of you love to color? Any of you love, like there are adult coloring books now. Have you seen this? There are adult coloring books. My kids love to color. My, my five-year-old, like she loves coloring. Now she's not like scribbling over this. My three-year-old, he just takes a crayon and like, if there's crayon on the paper, he's done. He's good. There's no lines. Like I don't think he sees lines. He just sees color. My daughter, she's like really meticulous, keeping it in lines. Uh, if you like to color, I don't know about you, like if you're more OCD, I guess, you can't get like even a, a, a piece of that crayon or colored pencil or marker like out of the line. You wanna get it perfect. Um, when we're talking about staying within the lines, we're talking about uh, using what God has blessed us with and staying within the means that you have. Recognizing when it comes to our finances, stuff and our resources, this is a really revolutionary thought, that less is actually more. Less is more. And, 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 and with that idea of less is more, I want to share with you just one verse today. I know sometimes like we might walk through an entire chapter of, of the Bible, or we might share a bunch of different verses, but, but today, kind of keeping in line with this idea of less is more, we're going to stick with just one verse. One, one verse that you, maybe you can internalize or memorize and and know that one verse the rest of your life, and, and you can make a good argument that if that's true, then uh, you put that into practice, less could be more for you as well. So, so in honor of that idea, we're gonna get to this one verse. Now, uh, I'll be honest, you know, I'm gonna do my best to stick with one verse, but you know, I have God's word hidden in my heart, so the Bible says. So if I throw out a verse here and there, you know, off the top of my head, you know, give me grace today, okay? So we're gonna stick with one verse. Here it is, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse six. Uh, Ecclesiastes is written by uh, King Solomon. It's in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, and here's what it says. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. I'll say it one more time. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What's he trying to say? He's saying less is more. What I wanna do is focus on this idea that less is more. Less of what doesn't matter so you can have more of what does matter. And what I wanna do is look at this question for our lives. What, what really matters in your life? You know, I've had the opportunity as a pastor to sit in hospital rooms and uh, care facilities with people who are given terminal diagnosis or who aren't given much time to live because of a disease that they've contracted. 
And in those conversations, in those moments and times meeting with them and visiting with them, things that really matter start to kind of come into view. Like, it's amazing how uh, a diagnosis or prognosis can clarify your values and priorities in life. And when these people are given these diagnoses, I can tell you, uh, it's, it brings incredible clarity in their lives, in their minds, of what's important and what's not important. D- just imagine your own life. If you were given a limited time to live, how would you answer that question? If you were, this would actually be a really good conversation to have with someone in your life. You know, grab a coffee in the cafe after service and sit down. If I was given a terminal diagnosis, what would be most important? What would be most important to you? I actually uh, posted this question on social media this week, and it was pretty remarkable to see the responses uh, that, that people, people put. You know, uh, most of the responses would be what you might uh, assume would be the case. You know, many people put their relationship with God and their spiritual life, like that would be really uh, something that would matter when they're thinking about the end. Uh, they put their marriage or their relationship with their kids or other family members. They, they put their friends. They put their health. Let me tell you what no one put. And there were a lot of people that comment. No one put. Nobody said how much money they had in the bank, right? Nobody said that new outfit they got at uh, H&M or whatever store you shop at. Or, no, no one said like the new shoes they got at Target. No, nobody said that leather sofa or the new countertop that they've been saving up for in their kitchen. Nobody said that new PS24, whatever they're called now. Are they at 24 yet? Are we up to that high yet? I don't know. Um, no, nobody said uh, how many Instagram followers they have or the fact that they beat that war, World of Warcraft level finally and beat it or whatever. You know, they didn't say any of that stuff. Why? Because when you define what matters, what you'll often recognize is that so much of our lives is spent pursuing what doesn't even make that list. We spend a lot of time, energy, stress, emotion, uh, uh, a lot of our, our thought life, like so much is spent chasing after things that don't even make that list, don't even make it to the top half of that list, aren't even on the radar. We tend to think that whatever I don't have is what I actually need. Because more is better, right? If I don't have it, then I probably need it. That's our thought. That's our assumption. Today, though, we're learning this principle. Less is actually more. Less is more. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What I want to do is I want to keep this really, really simple today. I want to give you just three thoughts about the goal of money and how we can recognize that less is more. Kind of action steps. I think it's important for us to be able to apply God's word. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Learn to cut back. Learn to cut back. I'll give you an example. When Heidi and I first got married uh, 11 years ago, um, I, uh, we were moving into a two-bedroom apartment in the North Hills in Allison Park where we live. And uh, Heidi had lived there. And so I lived in a townhouse with two friends, you know, nice three-bedroom townhouse and uh, had a lot of space. And now I'm moving into this old two-bedroom apartment. I, I mean, I had to downsize. I had to get rid of a lot of things. You might be asking, well, it was two bedrooms, so you should have plenty of space. I had a little closet. Uh, one of the bedrooms was filled with uh, cookbooks. Like, you couldn't walk in. Nothing but cookbooks. I won't tell you whose cookbooks they were. 
all I'll say is my wife is an incredible cook. And I had to fill this little tiny closet. And I'm going through stuff that I'd accumulated. How do I get rid of this? What do I do with this? Like, it was a really difficult process. If you don't know this, I'm nostalgic, and I like to hold on to stuff. And uh, some people helped me move to our house today, where we live now. And uh, I have a whole bin of magazines, my contemporary Christian music magazine, CCM magazines, that I've had since I was in high school. And Heidi asked me, why aren't you getting rid of those? Because they're from high school. They're really special. I love these magazines. They're really heavy. Yep, we had to carry them all the way to the attic. But they're there. And I feel better about myself that I know that they're there, okay? Uh, This is what I'm talking, I'm speaking to myself here, okay? Okay, learn to cut back. Uh, Cut back, get rid of stuff. What what, what I realized through that process is I didn't really need all the stuff that I had. Fast forward to today, you know, new houses are being built and and, and as houses are being built, what, what are they built with? They're built with tons of closets, not like little closets, like walk in closets. Maybe you have one of those walk in closets, like where you can walk in and like everything's there. You're not like just trying to like dig through stuff. Maybe you've heard of these too, like not the walk in closet, the walk around closet. Walk around closets where you like, you know, walk around eight times, it's a mile. You know, one of those closets. And, 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 and they, 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 you see uh, so much stuff that we can store in, 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 a, in a closet. And, and, and then there's some days. I don't know if you're like this, I'm like this. I can walk around my closet. I kind of spin around, I don't really walk around, but uh, for 10 minutes. And you walk around, you're, you're, you're pulling things off hangers and you're looking at things that are stacked and folded and everything. And, and you, you say this statement. You've probably said it, you know what I'm gonna say. I have nothing to wear today. How is that? How is it? You've got like, you probably have enough to wear for the next month. And I might be, be conservative there. I know for me, I love t-shirts, I collect t-shirts, I don't get rid of t-shirts, like I said, I'm a little bit of a borderline hoarder in these things. Um, just like being transparent here today, uh, this is a good confessional for me. Um, I have enough t-shirts that I could probably wear a new t-shirt every day for the rest of the year, not just this year, like for the next year, and, and not repeat. Like that's how many shirts I have. I've got t-shirts from back when I was a kid. Um, I, I, just, I like to keep t-shirts. How is it as Americans that we've got these big walk-in closets, walk around closets, and we can walk in and have nothing, <clears throat> nothing to wear? And, and for some people, they've got so much stuff in their closet that it doesn't fit in their walk-in or walk-around closet. They put some of it in the garage. And, and I'm not gonna call out names, but you know who you are. And, 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 and I've seen it. They have so much stuff in their garage, their car can't even fit in their garage. Little pet peeve of mine, because my garage is full of stuff and I can't pull a car in. I just reorganized it yesterday so I can start to get the car in. Garage is for a car, not for stuff. But uh, some of you have so much stuff in your multiple closets, your walk-around closet, in your garage, that you put some more stuff in the attic. And then there's this new phenomenon that's happened maybe in the last 15, 20 years. That people will have so much stuff in their closets, in their garage, in their attic, that they actually pay somebody somewhere else to store all of their stuff. Stuff that they don't see, forget they even have and don't use, but they pay somebody. In fact, the storage unit uh, industry is worth over $25 billion today. We are spending $25 billion storing the stuff that we can't fit in our house. 
There's a whole reality show, Storage Wars, if you've seen it. Like, they fight over that stuff, right? What, what is happening? What is happening? We have so much stuff, but what I want to tell you today is less is more. Because better is one handful with tranquility than a bunch of stuff and toil that goes with it. We need to understand this principle that Jesus taught. Jesus was telling this story in Luke's gospel about a guy uh, uh, who had a lot of stuff. And at the end of the parable, he made, this is a paraphrase, but he makes a statement like this basically. Your life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Like your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Like the more stuff you have doesn't mean that you're more important. We need to understand that. We need to, 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 to uh, get this not just from our heads, because we know that in our heads, like we know like I'm not defined by all my stuff, but how do we live it out practically? We need to learn to live that out in our lives. Your life does not consist in the abundance of your stuff. The most meaningful things at the end of your life, I promise you, will never be your stuff. And yet we tend to just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate more stuff. Because we know that up here, but practically speaking, we operate with a different mentality. That's why I really want to encourage you, consider cutting back on your consumption. Cutting back on how much you consume. How much you, you, you consume in your life. Make it a conscious effort to say, hey, we're going to try to cut back. It's not just because we're walking through a difficult time in our economy, but because when you start to cut back, what you're actually subtly saying is, this stuff and more of this stuff doesn't define me. It doesn't make me more important or less important. It's just stuff. Because remember, money isn't the goal. It's just a, it's just a tool. I, I, wanna, I want less stuff, more time with family. You know, I, 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 want, I, I want in my life, honestly, less stuff and more friends, right? Or, or less stuff and more, more experiences. It, 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 it's, it's about consuming less. I'll just share one practical thing that uh, we're not experts at this by any means as a family, but um, Heidi and I, we do for our kids uh, for their birthdays, we don't buy any birthday presents. Uh, I'm not saying like grandparents don't, but we, we don't buy birthday presents. What we do is provide experiences for our kids. Because in the end, like that new Paw Patrol thing or you know, that new uh, princess doll or whatever, like in the end, like they're gonna play with it and you know, a year from now, it's gonna end up in the toilet or you know, on the roof or whatever. And, uh, but an experience is something they can carry with them. What if we spent more of our time with those we love making experiences, spending time? Like that's really the thing that matters most, isn't it? Like if Stephen Covey, author Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. If you're, if you're thinking of the end, not being trying to be uh, you know, morbid, but if you're thinking of the end, like what's gonna be most important there and working your way backwards, why not invest your life and your time and your resources in the things that matter the most? That's why less Less is more. In order to get this, I want, I want you to cut back on your consumption. Because deep down inside, we know this is true, that less is actually way more. So the first thought is we're gonna cut back. Cut back. The, the second thought, if you're taking notes, is start to clear out. We're gonna clear out. Another way of saying this is we need to declutter. And this is different than uh, cutting back on our consumption. Decluttering is more of just cutting back uh, on the consumption, it's, it's getting rid of stuff that we don't need. As we declutter, we, we cut back, but what happens is there's room in your soul that wasn't there 
before. For example, you know, when, when my office kind of gets cluttered up, you know, the last few weeks my office was just getting piled full of stuff and I was just trying to clean up and, and get, get it decluttered. You know, I feel like I can connect with God better when it's, it's not as cluttered and there's not junk everywhere. And I just feel like there's space. Maybe you feel like that in your home, that, you know, when you clean up that one little space, you feel better about yourself. A little tip, you know, if you're, if you're ever discouraged or struggling or, or really going through a difficult time emotionally, one of the best things you can do practically is to clean something. Not because you're, you know, a freak about cleaning, but because it does something for your soul and your mind when you can clean something. Like, maybe it's just cleaning out a closet. Maybe it's cleaning off your, your, your dresser. Maybe it's just cleaning up a countertop. Like, that you have one little space that's defined, and, and at the end of that time period, you have it cleaned. Why? Because decluttering actually helps us more than just practically and physically and visibly. It helps us emotionally. Start to clear out. Clear out of, of the stuff. When, when, I, uh, when I come into uh, our house, you know, we have four kids and it can get crazy. I feel so much better when things are in their place. So I remember uh, during the pandemic, right in the middle of the pandemic, we have a room that I was working on through that, trying to fix up. And uh, we had framed it and insulated it and drywalled everything. And my goal was to make it like our toy room because our toys were everywhere. Like, it was like toys everywhere, like, like ants everywhere. It was just toys everywhere. And, and it was stressful, stressful. So we want to get everything down. So I finally get it done, and, and we get all the toys in the basement. Like, you couldn't walk. It was just toys everywhere. And uh, I started building these cabinets, and, and we got these little bins. We, we got slowly everything in a bin, and you could see the floor. And I was like, ah, oh, this feels so good. Like, everything has its place. There's something about decluttering that does for our soul. Decluttering. Uh, I want to encourage you to consider not just cutting back, but clearing out. Now, I want to acknowledge for a moment that this is difficult for a lot of people. This is difficult. For some of you, your story is a little bit like mine is. You didn't grow up with tons of stuff, and you have this really kind of pressure to keep and show value to the things you do have. Why, why is that? It's because we don't want to waste or waste our, our stuff, and we, we might need it someday. Like, I might need that Little League t-shirt someday. I mean, you never know when my son ends up on the Royals and like I've got the t-shirt and it says pool on the back. Like we're, we're checking boxes here. We're getting stuff done, right? And then there's a whole other end. And this is just sentimental. This is where I struggle. We got, we go, got, got, you know, this such and such thing back in this one time and, and long before, you know, we had even had kids, we had this, this thing or someone uh, I love that's really meaningful to me gave me this and so I acknowledge all these things but at the same time, your life does not consist in the abundance of stuff and it's hard because it's better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil and chasing after the wind. One of the reasons I believe we can walk into our closet and have so many clothes and say there's nothing to wear. Why is that? It's because we're overwhelmed with choices. There's too many choices, too many options. We literally have so many things, it's kind of like you're trying to find a movie on Netflix and it's hard to pick one, right? Because there's too many options. There's too many. Or if you're in an international flight and you're sitting there on the seat and there's like five choices of movies. It's not that difficult because you have like five options. It's like one of the five. What's the best of the five, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever eaten at the Cheesecake uh, Factory. Does anyone like Cheesecake Factory? I know we don't have one super close, but 
It's like really good. Heidi and I lived in the North Hills and like there's a Cheesecake Factory right there and it's delicious. One of the things I don't like about Cheesecake Factory is their menu. Their menu is a like novel. I mean, it's, you, you've got hundreds of options, like overkill. I'm a person of routine and, and habit, so I have like my one thing, I don't even look at the menu. I'm like, you're stressing me out, I already know what I'm getting. Four cheese pasta, don't even hand me the menu. Just give me my food so I can get to my cheesecake, right? Uh, it's hard to decide when there's so many options, but I love, this is what I like about Chipotle. You walk into Chipotle, like, boom, there's your options. Don't get too crazy. You don't have like a whole, whole list. There's no big combos. It's just, there's your, there's your options right there on the wall. Uh, it's freeing when you have less options, right? Uh, when you cut back and when you clear out, it brings freedom to your soul. Suddenly it becomes easier to choose. There's not this drag in your life. You're able to connect so much better. Cut back and clear out. Walk through your closet. If you haven't worn it in the last year, maybe bless somebody else with it. Every time you get something, try giving something away. You know, get one, give one. Just got a shirt, give a shirt. Maybe you just got a new pair of pants, you know, give those pants. You just got a new pair of shoes, like give your shoes. You get a new pair of underwear, don't give those away. Don't do that, just throw them away, okay? Everywhere else, give one when you get one. Go through your house and try, try this. This is like maybe a little game for you. How could you give away 100 things from your house? 100 things. You might be like, that's crazy. I bet you you get to 100 way faster than you think. Um, just a little side note, that doesn't mean you give away your spouse's things. That's a whole nother conversation. <clears throat> your spouse is at work or out and they come home like, where did all my stuff go? I was doing what pastor said. Gave away 100 things, isn't that awesome? Like God is so good. Don't, don't, don't do that, don't do that. Have that conversation first, okay? Uh, so, some of you, you know, 100 might be too easy. Maybe, maybe you need to go to like 500. Some of you are gonna be, you know, hitting that 1,000 giveaway club. I, I don't know if there's a hashtag, you know, hashtag 1,000 thing giveaway. You can use that if you want, post it. Uh, when you do this, what happens? You recognize that better is one handful with tranquility than a bunch of stuff with toil and chasing after the wind. So, so we wanna cut back, clear out. The third thing here is we wanna begin to pay off. Can you say pay off? Pay off. In fact, who remembers what we're talking about today? We're talking about money. That, that money isn't the goal, it's just a tool. And how many of you would agree that financial stress is absolutely, completely no fun at all, right? I've never heard a person say, man, my debt helps me feel so much peace. I am so thankful for high interest rates. I love my credit card. I feel so close to God every time I see how much I'm actually paying in interest. Like, I feel better. My debt actually brings me joy in my life. Like, I've never heard anyone say that. Maybe you have. What I have heard over and over and over again is, man, it makes me feel stressed out. Like, I worry about it all the time. I, 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 we have fights about money. This isn't helping us. I'd give anything to be able to go back and not end up in the place I'm in right now. That's why we're gonna pay off. We're gonna talk more about this in the coming weeks, practically and specifically, but what's really fun is being debt-free. Well, I could never get all the way to that point, you might think. 
If you just take a few steps in that direction, I'm telling you, if you get crazy like Dave Dave Ramsey crazy, you can pay off your first credit card and be like, wow, that's amazing. It feels good. And one day you pay off a car and you're like, no more car payment. Then you're getting momentum. And one day you get your student loan debts paid off. And then, then uh, years later, maybe like some crazy people, you actually pay off your house and you don't have a house payment. Can you even imagine the freedom of going around every day without a house payment? I'll tell you what that is. It's crazy fun. Eliminating debt is incredibly freeing. Why? Because better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls in toil chasing after the wind. I love what Dave Ramsey says. He says, if you can live like no one else for a little while within your means, one handful, not two, later, you can live like no one else. Like if you can be disciplined and live like no one else, pay off debt, live within your means, recognize less is more, and you clear out, pay off, you can experience the freedom that God wants for you. I'd say it this way, better is a car that's paid off than a brand new one with really big payments that stresses you out. Or, or better is a smaller house than fighting over the payments of a really, really big one. Or, or, or better is to, have fi- is to have financial margin and to be able to help others than living paycheck to paycheck wondering what would happen if you actually didn't get a paycheck one week. What are we going to do? We're going to cut back. We're going to clear out. We're going to pay off. Why? Because less is more. Better is one handful with tranquility. Now, all that to be said, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have anything. I'm certainly not saying you shouldn't have anything nice at all. In fact, because you don't have a lot of junk, you actually can have some really, really nice things. I would argue all day that it's better to have some nice stuff than have a bunch of junk that owns you. It's better to have something you love, something you use, something you enjoy than a bunch of stuff that just clutters up your life. Better is one handful, and I'm going to argue this all day long, the richest people in the world are not those who have the most stuff, but those who need the least. I'll say that again. The richest people in the world are those not that have the most stuff, but need the least. If you think I'm crazy, try this. Go on uh, you know, a mission trip we talked about today somewhere. Go on one of these Calvary Cares trips uh, in a developing nation. Spend four or five days there like Pastor Delaney and Michelle talked about today. Let me tell you what's gonna happen because I've been there. The first day you're gonna get there and your heart is going to break to see the need around you. You're gonna, you're gonna think, oh my goodness, they didn't have running water, they, they've got dirt floors, there's no electricity, there's so many things that we take for granted they don't even have You'll go, how do these people live? This poverty breaks my heart. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Then what's gonna happen is two days in, you normalize to it, and it's not as shocking as it was. You start to look at the kids out playing with no shoes on and enjoying themselves outdoors, not inside all day playing on their iPad. and uh, They're outdoors and they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves. And Then you're gonna go to a worship service. You're gonna see some followers of Jesus who have nothing at all and worship like they have everything they need. They, they, they have this deep sense of passion for Jesus and, 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 and there's this uh, out of this world contentment. There's no comparisons and longing and lust for more. There's, there's no two handfuls with toil. There's just, we have what we need to get through the day. Give me today my daily bread and God has met my needs today. And therefore, I'm gonna worship him. On day four or five, here's what happens. 
It's happened to me numerous times on trips like this. I start to look at the people who have nothing and yet seem so satisfied. And I become oddly jealous of them. I wish I had their simplicity. I wish I could capture their passion. I I wish I had time like they have with their family. I make a promise when I get back from those trips that I'm gonna be different. Things are gonna be different. And I come back and for at least a few days, things are different. And you know what happens after that? I get sucked back into the materialism, the relentless pursuit of more that is so common in our world. What I don't want what I, what I don't have is what I need and I'm, I'm dissatisfied and my life is overwhelmed my stuff because my stuff because I've forgotten this principle that less is more. Money isn't the goal, it's just a tool. Never ever forget this. Listen, you have one chance to get this right. One shot. We have one life to live. You have one incredibly short life what are you? The Bible says that you are like a breath that appears for a little while, but you're, you're a mist that vanishes, okay? Hey, hey, you blink, your kids are gonna be grown. You blink and, and you're gonna be asking, where did my life go? Life passes by so quickly. Please understand that your life is too valuable. Your calling is far too great and your God is way too good to waste your life on meaningless things. Let me say it again, when when you understand that you serve a good God who has given you breath and gifts and a purpose, you're calling what God has for your life is so incredibly special. You're not put on this earth during this time simply to accumulate more stuff for yourself. You were put here to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. When you recognize that your calling is too great and your God is too good, life is really, really short, then you refuse to waste your life on things that don't matter. Why? Because money isn't the goal of our lives. It's not our end pursuit. It's just a toll. Maybe you can say this with me as the worship team comes and we prepare to close. Can we all say this together? Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after the wind. If I can say it this way, better is one handful in an intimate relationship with your children, your family, than two handfuls and they grow up and don't even recognize it. Better is one handful, some really good relationships that, 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 than the pursuits of things and no sense of spiritual community. Better is one handful in some experiences family vacations than two handfuls and no time for each other. Better is one handful in a strong marriage than busy, busy accumulation of stuff and absolutely no intimacy. Better is one handful and the ability to make a difference in someone's life than two handfuls because you're consuming so much for yourself. Don't miss this. Better is one handful and the ability to glorify and praise God and bring him honor in everything that you do and the way that you love than two handfuls with toil. That's why I'm going to drive this. I hope it sticks with your heart today. We know this, money isn't the goal, it's just a toll. More more money in your bank isn't the goal. It's just a toll that God has given us to be a blessing. We talk about this, we are blessed to be a blessing. Why? What we're trying to communicate there is it's just a toll. Like what you have, your money, your resource, your influence, like it's a tool that God wants to use through you to make a difference in our world. 
Better is one handful of tranquility than two with toil chasing after the wind. As we prepare to close today, I, I pray that you can have some conversations with those in your life about what less is more looks like. We are in a heart, heart and mind pursuit of more. We live in the Western world where we have so much at our disposal. I remember coming back from a mission trip to Haiti. They, uh, Pastor Delaney and Michelle talked about being in the Dominican Republic. The other side of that island is Haiti. I remember going the week or the month after an earthquake hit the, hit the island. It was devastating. And we go there for, for about 12, 10, 12 days, and, and I've never seen need so great. Uh, so poor. So, they need so very much. And uh, we get back that following weekend. And I remember Sunday afternoon, we'd just gotten back that morning. I'm going to the grocery store to pick up some groceries for the weekend. I'm walking through Giant Eagle. And it, as I walk into the grocery store, it hits me. I could literally, realistically, buy almost anything in this store right now. And if I bought it, there'd be three, four, five more of those items on the shelf behind it. The people that I ministered with and saw and loved and cared for and connected with in Haiti have absolutely no idea what that experience would be like. They can't just go into a store and buy anything. There are no grocery stores like that. How incredibly blessed we are. And I know it's hard, because we can. It's hard to do things that you can do that are actually encouraged to do. But I'm telling you, God has put principles in his word, not to make your life miserable, but because you're healthier because you will get to experience more of what he wants for you. Less is more. One handful with tranquility. That's what God wants for you. And, and we're gonna pray here in a moment. But I wanna ask you two, two simple kind of action steps here. One, have the conversation. Have a conversation with someone in your life. It might be a spouse or a friend. Maybe it's your family if you have children. What does less is more look like for us? How can we cut back, clear out, pay off? What does that look like for us. Two, if you're like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know practically how we do that. We have a, 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 a group that we're gonna be offering coming up called Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is just a group that really helps you understand the practical steps to do that, biblically. Uh, have some incredible leaders who are passionate about this. We're gonna be having an info meeting at the end of this month on October 30th. Lunch will be provided. It's just for you to get to hear about how can you practically take these steps? There's nothing in it for us. This is for you. You can go to uh, fpu.calvaryowen.com and, and register for that info meeting and, and we'd love to have you join that. Why? Because I wanna see you experience a soul and a heart that is free, that isn't bound by all the junk and stuff that we can accumulate. As we pray today, I wanna pray that God would give you the freedom to experience what less is more looks like in your mind, in your heart, and in your life. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. God, we are so incredibly blessed, far more than we could ever realize. Lord, you have given us people and stuff and opportunities and resources, a roof over our head, food on the table. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for the blessings you have given to us. God, that I know we've worked hard for, but you've given us the talents and the skills and the abilities the time, 
the training and education, Lord, to, to earn money that provides for us, our spouse or family or friends. God, I pray you'd help us to look at this from not our perspective of what we have done, but from your perspective of what the stuff we accumulate can do to us. God, help us to be able to apply this idea that less is more. Lord, that it's not about getting more stuff or more money or, or any of that. But God, that we could get to a place where what we have is what we need and that we can use what you give us to be a blessing to those around us. God, throughout this day and this week, Holy Spirit, speak to us, prompt us. God, even convict us at times so that we could have a, a healthy, proper view of what you have put under our care as stewards to care for, to manage, to make the most of. Help us to put money in its place. God, that money isn't our goal, it's just a tool. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in us, through us. Use us, Lord, to be a, a reflection of your love and your grace to the world around us as we go throughout our work week and school and our homes this week. God, that people would see you through us and our actions, our responses, our reactions and how we carry ourselves. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.